Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, 866-391-1020 to talk to Doug, the organic gardener. Of course, DougOster.com. His show underway right now until 8 a.m. It's Rob Pratt along for the ride. And we want you to know that if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you're going to win yourself a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles and Wexford. So let's get right to it and say good morning to Doug. Hi, Doug. Good morning, Rob. So the question is, did you get an extra hour of sleep or did you stay up an extra hour? You know, uh, Doug, I told the audience, I don't know what it is. I've been doing it since 1985, except for maybe a few weekends. I always lose sleep the night you're supposed to turn the clocks back, but I get a better <laughs> night's sleep the night after. Uh, go figure. I don't know why, but that's the, that, that's the story. Yeah, I was out on the water yesterday, and I want to get a picture of the blue moon uh, rising, which I did, uh, and I stayed up the extra hour. So, but we're ready to go. Uh, lots to talk about today, and lots of of time for your calls today. So, if you have questions about uh, planting shrubs or trees or bulbs, uh, whatever you're working on, give us a call. And I had my first frost in the garden. It was a light one, but looking at that forecast, uh, the season for tender crops is basically over. Uh, I moved everything I possibly could into the unheated greenhouse and eh, stuff, you know, hanging baskets and some pineapple sage and all sorts of stuff. It'll uh, it'll go till Christmas, I would guess, maybe a little longer, depending on the start of the winter. Uh, later, Mrs. Know-It-All is going to talk about how to save tender bulbs like dahlias and caladiums and tuberous begonias, cannas, and she also wants to talk about hardy bananas. Uh, i fell in love with hardy bananas a couple of years ago and they make quite a statement once they get going and it's time to put the garden to bed that's just the way it is and so that means all the tender annual foliage you know tomato vines and peppers and impatience and marigolds all that stuff goes into the compost pile uh, but we do leave all our perennials up, you know, to help the the good bugs. Uh, those get cut down in the spring. And I do have a video posted uh, at dogoster.com all about planting garlic, bunching onions, and shallots. It's still time to, to plant those things. I still have some garlic to plant. I'm actually going to meet up with Rose Ryan Douglas today to give her uh, some garlic for planting. And I've got a contest running today. If you would like to win three really nice, big Red Lion Amaryllis bulbs, courtesy of flowerbulbs.com, just go to dougoster.com and you just put in the word Amaryllis into the contact form, and then I'll pick the show. I'll pick the winner after the show today. I also have a discount offer on the website for the Power Planter Auger. Uh, that's the, the big drill bit thing that I use to plant bulbs. Uh, I still have bulbs to plant, too. I'll be planting bulbs and 
oh, shrubs and trees all the way up until the ground freezes. And I've got a list of my top deer-resistant shrubs there uh, that are all out in my garden that haven't been touched yet <laughs> by the deer. You can never say anything is deer-proof uh, because you never know what they're going to go after when they're hungry enough. But they're running out there. Uh, one thing to, to remember uh, with the, the bucks start rubbing the trees now at the, the rut and to, to mark their territory, they, they'll they take little saplings and just rub them down to nothing. I use these little uh, corrugated like drain pipe from the hardware store. My hardware store close to me is called Hastings Hardware. You, you find one close to you, and it's just a, a, like a round corrugated plastic tubing that you can just cut lengthwise and just slips right over the trunk of the tree and then the, the deer won't they just don't like the texture they won't do the rubbing and it, and it won't uh, mess up your your trees uh, I also have a list if you want to learn how to compost the right way uh, there's a virtual classes going on starting I think November 4th from the Pennsylvania Resources Council you take the class and then later on you go down and you pick up a, a composting bin after the class uh, Rob, any callers yet? Yes, sir. Let's get right to the phones and say hi to uh, Dan. You're up uh, first on the Organic Gardener. Hi, Dan. Hey, Dan. Morning, Doug. Hey, I was wondering, I've got some maple leaves that have black spot on it. Can I put those in the compost? Yeah, don't worry about it. That's a fungal disease that's pretty common, and it'll break down. It'll be fine. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Uh, usually your compost, you know, sits there for a year. Uh, and that disease only affects the maples. So by the time it's all broken down, uh, it'll be fine. How was your season? Oh, too fast. We had too much rain here uh, the last month, so everything just kind of went real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it did go too quick, but uh, it was nice to have a garden to take refuge in, that's for sure. All right. Thanks, let's, for, your let's thanks say, for your call. Let's say hi to Anna. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hi. Hey. Well, I've got two questions. The one is I'm looking through my old files with all sorts of things about compost and what you put in the compost, and I am ripping out all my tomato plants, and with all the fungal diseases and everything, do I compost that? Because one article says pitch them all. The other article says, oh, it's in the soil anyway. So just be sure that you don't let it splash up another right, so season. Your, so your, so what your, do I do with all the yeah. bad tomatoes one, that I'm cutting cutting up and 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 what do I do? Dispose of them or or actually put them in my compost? For the foliage, uh, most people would would say not to put any infected foliage into the compost pile. Uh, okay. If you're going to use it for you know, for a tomato bed again. But that is right. a good point also that, you know, tomato, the fungus for early blight and septoria leaf spot is in the soil. It's always going to be there. But I think you'd be better off not to put that foliage in there. Uh, the tomatoes, uh, you know, any leftover tomatoes, all I do with them is put them in a bag with an apple, and, and that apple is supposed to produce ethylene gas to uh, – to make them ripen. Did you have a second question real quick? we got about a minute. Uh, yes. Um, I, I think I must have planted my squash too late. 
So I have a, all these smaller ones that I harvested yesterday. Uh, are they going to taste? They're not mature. Are they going to taste like anything? Or is it, uh, it, summer, <laughs> is it a summer squash like a zucchini a or is it a winter winter squash? Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to find you. You have to see how far along they are. You have to cut one open and see what you think. And uh, I just wondered if you'd ever tried it. <laughs> oh, I haven't actually. You know, usually when I'm I'm growing some a vine crop like that, it comes it makes it to fruition and they're fine. Uh, just take a look at them. You know, cut them open. See if you've got some flesh in there that you can eat. Bake them up and see how it goes. Thanks for your okay. call. Okay. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More with Doug in a moment. Yeah, Doug here until 8, then Joe and Frank Dentisi, Coons Cooking Hour, Campbell's Soup Recipes, Jim Meredith, Company, Heffron Tillotson, Your Money and You, then the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Okay, next up is Dawn in Ohioville. Hey, Dawn, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, thanks. My question is, will a hibiscus tree stand a lot of cold? I no. have a huge one that I have to move to the basement or to the garage, and I'm wondering if it'll take the garage. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a couple ways to do it. Uh, one way is just to bring it in and grow it as a house plant with a window, or the other thing is put it in the garage, put it in a dormancy, and how cold does it get in there, do you know? Well, if it's bitter outside, it'll drop to 15 or 20, but mostly up in the 30s. Yeah, if you can keep it up in the 30s, that would help. Uh, yeah. You know, th- that is bitter cold. That bitter cold. The bitter cold's probably yeah, going to kill it. There's plants in a pot that's about 30 by 18 deep, and it's about five foot high. That's why I can't bring <laughs> it into the house. You know, that becomes. I have a, a hard problem. time getting it in and out of the basement. Yeah, that becomes a problem with those tropical hibiscus plants. It's so funny that uh, sometimes when they get that big, I just kind of forget them out in the garden and then they're done and I can start over uh, the next year. But uh, you have nothing to lose. Throw it in the garage. Uh, If it does get real, real bitter, if if there was some kind of way to to run a little heater or something in there close to it, just to keep it, like I said, at freezing or a little above freezing would, would be very helpful for the tree. Okay. All right, thanks for the call, 866-391-1020. We have some lines available if you'd like to talk to Doug. Here's Joan in Bridgeville. Hey, Joan, welcome to uh, News Radio KDK. How are you? Good, thank you. Good morning to you. Morning. When I moved onto this property 40 years ago, there were lots of trees here. I have lost all the elms. I've lost all my ashes starting a couple of years ago. And now well, my big oak has lichen all over it, as well as it drops the tips of its leaves early in the spring. And my maple now has lichen all over it, as well as it's got knots forming everywhere. What's happening to my yard? So, you know, the elms and the ashes, that's that's just the way things go now. It's, It's sad. You know, there's no ash trees left after the emerald ash borer, and elm is Dutch elm disease. The lichens yeah. you don't have to wor- the lichens you don't have to worry about. That's actually a positive thing, even though it looks scary. Uh, that's a good thing. So no worries about the lichens on there. As far as the other little things with the trees, that's something that needs to be uh, talked about when somebody is live at the landscape. And so, you know, we would always recommend Davy Tree. I, you know, Davy Tree is a sponsor of the show, but I've been using Davy Tree since I lived in Ohio 30 years ago. So 
Uh, they'll come out for free. They, they'll they take a look and tell you if there's any kind of problem. You know, with that oak, the, the thing we'd be concerned about with the oak would be oak wilt, which would be just in the middle of, in like June or July, the tree just dies. So as long as it's, it's still doing its thing, you'll be okay. And the maple probably too. It's, it's probably fine. But again, if you're and worried... And no acorns again, and also my... Um, black walnut gave no nuts this year. Is that unusual? Not really. It happens. You know, it's more about what happens in the spring with the tree, uh, as far as to put on those acorns or or the other nuts. If it gets too cold too quick, a lot of times they won't. You know, some years we've got tons of acorns, and and I live in an oak forest. This year, we don't have quite as many acorns. We have acorns, but not as many. So if you're really worried about those trees and it doesn't sound like doesn't sound too bad, call Davy Tree. They'll come out for free and they'll let you know what the what the problem is or if there is a problem at all. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, we got some lines available if you want to talk to Doug. Uh, great time to call in eight six six three nine one ten twenty. Let's talk about putting this garden to bed. Is it time? Oh, definitely. You know, uh, the the thing is, you know, it used to be we cut everything down. Uh, whether it's perennial, annual, whatever. But nowadays, uh, they tell us you get the annuals, uh, you know, impatience or whatever's left out there that get killed by the frost. You know, the foliage from the beans, like we talked about earlier in the show, if something's diseased, we don't throw it in the compost pile. If you don't have a compost pile, this is a great time to get one started. All it, all it is, and I've got a story at, at the website at dougoster.com all about how to compost. Uh, it everything anything that once was living will eventually become compost. The only thing we don't throw into the compost bin is meat or dairy or oils, that sort of thing, because it can attract rodents. I know people that live out in the country, they don't care. They put everything in there, anything that was living, and they put a, a thick layer of straw over it every time they do. They kind of build it in layers. And I do the same thing. Like I'm pulling stuff out of the kitchen every day, uh, coffee grounds, paper towels, vegetable peelings, uh, fruit peelings, like I said, anything once was living will become compost. And then just making a pile, you know, everything's coming out of the garden right now. All the the uh, all vines and pepper plants and the annual flower, that's all going into the compost pile. And every time I th- throw something green like that in, I'm throwing something brown in, which means just shredded leaves. Like I said, I live in this oak forest, so... I just have a bunch of shredded leaves next to the compost pile, and I make those layers. And then if I don't touch it, which, you know, you know how lazy I am, I it just becomes compost in about a year. And so i got three bins out there. And so I fill up the first one. Uh, then when it gets filled up, I put new material in the second one. By the time that second one is filled up, usually number one's ready, not always. And so there's a third bin to keep it going. And once you get the system going, you always have compost, but you'll never make enough. Uh, it's just it's good stuff. I buy it by the bag, uh, sometimes by the truckload. Anytime you can plant, add compost. Hey, DougOster.com. Let's talk about garlic uh, bunching, onion and shallot planting, DougOster.com. Yeah, that was uh, a fun video. Uh, you, know, you know how much I love planting garlic. Uh, this is the time to do it. You can find garlic out there. The, the important thing is to find the right garlic. Uh, one of our sponsors, Janoski's, has some the most beautiful-looking German white garlic I've ever seen. And when you're growing local garlic, 
you know it's hardy. You know it's going to be good. And I, I got a lot of German white from Janoski's, uh, and you know I'm going to give. Like I said, give some today to Rose Ryan Douglas. I've given. I I made a video all about traveling around Western PA to give away my garlic. You should watch it. It's at DougOster.com. All right, listen, we'll come back. Uh, folks are getting on the line, wanting to talk to Doug. We'll get to all of you in just a couple of moments. This is know-it-all still to come, so feel free to give us a call. Great morning today. Don't forget, tomorrow we celebrate our 100th birthday, and we begin simulcasting on 100.1 FM. Uh, KDK Morning Show with Larry and Kevin beginning at 5 a.m. Next hour, Joe and Frank Dentisi, Coons Cooking Hour, Campbell's Soup Recipes, and Heffron Tillets and Germany and you, Jim Meredith, kicks it off with the morning commentary and then everything you need to know about the undefeated Steelers at Baltimore taking on the 5-1 and Ravens. Ravens are a four-point favorite in that game. We'll talk all about it today on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show. All right, uh, listen, a lot of things uh, at Janoski's, the toy drive, I told you about that, Christmas open houses coming, all sorts of exciting things, including this opportunity for you to win a $25 gift certificate right now. If you're the 10th caller, 412 922 1020. If you want to talk to Doug, it is 866-391-1020. And we have uh, Bernadette in Irwin who wants to talk to Doug right now. Hey, go ahead. Good morning. How are you, Bernadette? Oh, good. Thank you. Uh, I have a shamrock plant that I have to bring in. I, it was given to me, and I don't know exactly what to do with it. I guess I'm okay. going to bring it in. To, it's a shamrock uh, yeah. plant. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's time to bring it back in. You could grow it as a house plant. Uh, whenever we grow anything as a house plant, the only thing that'll kill it will be kindness, which means too much water and too much fertilizer. Uh, when we bring these plants in, it's always a good idea to kind of put them in a place before you get them into the house to see if anything hatches out, you know, aphids or spider mites or something like that. And it's not a big deal. Uh, anytime you have something like that on your house plants, uh, there's an organic product called insecticidal soap and another one called horticultural oil. They're all come, they're already mixed up into a sprayer, and that's how you would deal with some of those common house plant pests. Once we bring it, you know, I bring them in, I put them on the sun porch for a couple of days. Once I make sure everything is okay, then I move it into the, you know, you want to get it by a window uh, if you can. South-facing would be great, but uh, I think I use a east-facing window, so... Not the best light, but it'll keep that plant going. Keep it on the dry side and no fertilizer for your house plants until we get all the way to the other side of the season. We get longer days again instead of the shorter days. Uh, you know, around March, mm -hmm. I start fertilizing my stuff, and then you'll be good to go, all right? Thank you so much. All right. Okay, no. one other question. I have some oh, green figs. I have some green figs. Do they ripen at all? Or, how, big, how, big, I mean, how big are they? Do they get big and, and just yeah, barely? yeah, they're 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 fairly big. I ha I haven't gotten one all you know all summer. They've been green all summer, uh, and they're still green, so they're fairly big. Join the party. I, I've got little ones out there, but I did see a recipe out there online, and I don't have it in front of me. If you have big green figs that are that just didn't quite make it. And you could, you basically cut, boil them twice and uh, add some sugar, and that's how they're using them. Take a look online at a, a, a green fig recipe, and because uh, I was looking for myself, but mine are too small. But if you get some nice big ones, that'd be the way to use them. All right, waiting for some calls. We'd love to hear from you. Eight six six three nine one ten twenty. So let me ask you to keep it new. Variety, the spice of life. You think people should try to do something new every year in their garden, even if they're pretty much steady as she goes when it comes to cucumbers, tomatoes, lettuce, things of that nature, Doug? Yeah, and I think people, 
in general do. You know, you always stick with what works, but you're always trying to look at something different. For me, you know, I've grown the same pole bean since 1984 called uh, Cherokee Trail of Tears. Uh, but uh, I, a company called Kitchen Garden Seeds sent me some other seeds. You know, they reached out in the spring and said, hey, I, I, we got some cool stuff. I'm telling you, give it a shot. And And I get that a lot. And so... I tried these beans uh, called Monte Gusto Yellow Pole Bean. And I'm telling you, I was blown away by it. I actually made a video about it. Just I have this whole series of videos called You Should Grow This. And so this was a new one I tried. That doesn't mean I'm not going to keep going with my you know, Cherokee Trail of Tears. That's a great bean, by the way. Uh, I have a good story about that bean. Let's see if I can get to it. But I want to try this new one, and it was right when the garlic was being harvested, right before the garlic was harvested. I threw these seeds behind the garlic, and the soil wasn't improved like it should have been. I mean, it was decent soil. It was last year's tomato bed, but normally if I could get to the area, I would have put compost down, put the bean seeds in, they would have gone nuts. Well, I just threw those seeds back there and just kind of covered them up, and they, they went absolutely crazy. In fact, I picked the last beans from there and that so that's july i picked the last beans right before frost two days ago uh and we had more beans than we could use i was giving them away uh where are you yeah so that's part of the the fun of it is is trying to oh did you want some beans rob was that 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 (laughs) that's okay doug (laughs) i'll put them right next to the tomatoes right next to the tomatoes i brought you this year right Uh, absolutely hey well it's it's a it's a strange year we haven't seen each other in since March. It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, trying those new things, it's, it's always it's always a lot of fun. Again, you know, when you find a tomato that you love, when you find a bean that you love, whatever it is, you always you, you always stick with it. But there's always someplace else, some other corner to start something cool, some something new. Uh, for me, I do that a lot with bulbs, uh, you know, because every year I'll, I'll, we'll get another month into the season here and, and – regular normal people will not know that you can still plant bulbs. I'll be telling you, but no, nobody's buying them at the nursery. I'll go to the nursery. They just want to get rid of them. I'll buy them cheap. And so I'll have a bunch of new stuff to put in the landscape. And it's always exciting to get down on your knees, have that bulb auger in your hand, and put in that dried bulb to think that the work you're doing now is going to be so appreciated by you and anybody else who sees the garden in the spring. Um I got a, a really nice uh, gift in the mail from uh, Joe Ham. I always talk about this place. It's called Joe Ham's Daffodil Hortus, and that means collection. And it's down in Washington County. When they're blooming in April, you can go down there. It's absolutely free, and it's the greatest collection of blooming daffodils on our side of the state. Uh, and it's just a wonderful place. Well, he sent me a box of rare, weird, different daffodils, just like one or two bulbs of each variety, and there's one that's so rare. There's this website that I use called DAFSEEK, uh, D-A-F-F-S-E-E-K. If I ever want to see what, it, you know, if somebody sends you a variety or you want to look at what it looks like, well, there's a variety sent me that, that there's actually no picture in DAFSEEK. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be so exciting. I'm going to plant this bulb. I'm going to make sure I've got it marked good. And when it blooms, 
I'll shoot the picture, and maybe my picture of the daffodil will be on the DAPSEEK website, and that would be that would be exciting for me, Rob. All right. Speaking of augers, tell them what the, uh, they can find at your website. Yeah, you know, I uh, three four years ago, a friend of mine sent me three of these bulb augers. It's from Power Planter. And so I gave them out to friends, and we used them, and I love it. I love this tool. I always talk about this tool. And so they don't pay me to talk about the tool. It's not an ad. Uh, I love the tool. And so since I always talk about it, they said, how about if we give anybody, any of your listeners or followers, 10% off a, a, a power plant or bulb auger. So that, that's at the website at dougoster.com, how you can get that 10% code. You just, you just type in this code when you order it called We Love Doug. And that's funny because that was set up by a, a, another friend of mine that runs their marketing. Uh, she does marketing for lots of other gardening stuff, so we've become good friends. <laughs> she just had some fun with the the, <laughs> the code they used to get 10% off that power planter auger. That auger, man, it's just anybody will tell you that, that has one. Uh, it makes bulb planting so much easier. You know, you just put it on your drill, and, and yeah, it can be hard when you get rocks, when you're in the roots. That, that's tough, but you find another spot. You know, I'm I'm going through the forest on my knees looking for places to plant daffodils and other things, too. You know, uh, when, when Rob asked about different things, yeah, we plant the tulips, the crocuses, the hyacinths, and the daffodils, but, man... Just look at the bulb catalog and look at all the different things that are out there. The, the the smaller bulbs like Snowdrops and Glory of Snow and Pushkinia are really easy to plant. They're little itty bitty things. You put those in the in the ground, and then especially the Snowdrops next year, if we get a good thaw, you could get those blooming in January, February, and that's just the start of the season. You know, it's fun to extend the season. Uh, I'm doing it on this side, extending the season, uh, planting, still planting. I've got cilantro out there um, and Swiss chard and some parsley, and it's out there unprotected. I'm going to get it under under some soft plastic, like a three mil thick uh, drop cloth from the hardware store. I've got floating row covers. I've got cold frames, I've got skylights, I've got old street light covers that I bought at Construction Junction, all sorts of ways to keep the garden going. And we'll come back, Mrs. Know-It-All and Doug coming up next. And it's time for her weekly visit. Isn't that right, Doug? That's right. Denise Schreiber, our favorite horticulturist, we know her as Mrs. Know-It-All, is going to tell us all about those tender bulbs and tubers and how to save them, dahlias, caladiums. All kind of good tubers. stuff. Tuberous begonias, cannas, what should we do? Okay, so let's start off with cannas. Over the years, I have found the best way to store cannas is to let them get frosted at least once, preferably twice. Mm. And then I just take my little handy-dandy saw and cut them down to about 12 inches and then take a pitchfork and dig further out to lift them up because they're so prolific that if you dig straight down from the stock, you're actually going to cut into the tubers. And lift them up and get as much dirt off of them as possible. However, you do not want to wash them, and you want to leave the spent tuber on there until next spring when you're ready to use it. And I'm I'm going to keep going on some of these, and then we'll talk about storing them. The uh, tuberous begonias and caladiums, 
the best trick I've seen, and I got this actually from um, proven winners who did this, is take a magic marker. Once you get the uh, tubers all cleaned off, again, you know, take like a soft brush and just kind of get the rest of the soil off of it. And then mark which end is up because when you first get them, you're like, which way do I plant this? And after a season, it gets even harder. So just, you know, make an X, a dot, something, so you know that that's the side that goes up. And then that's uh, a great tip. Yeah, it took me a long time to learn that one. Yeah, and I, then, pulled my, I pulled my caladiums out. I'm <laughs> thinking the same thing. How am I going to know which ends up? All right, now I know. Yeah, and then with your dahlia tubers, uh, you should – there's two schools of thought. You dig them before a frost, you dig them after a frost. I've always dug mine before a frost, but like right before a frost, like the night before. And, again, shake off all the soil. And so uh, with the cannas and the tuberous begonias and the caladiums, you can simply put them in a um, container that doesn't get light, like a uh, storage container, and put uh, peat moss, dry peat moss in there and bury them in there. And you might want to mark on the container what all you've got stored in there so you remember when you take it out in the spring. With dahlias, you want to put them in a container that has peat moss, but is you've misted it is the best way to put it. You know, or if you've gotten it wet, wring it out till it's almost dry and store them in there. Dahlias are like divas. They don't always do what they're supposed to do. That's, that is the, that's the trick, too, to get that uh, whatever medium you're using not too wet but not too dry. Yeah, but everything so. else gets stored dried. And now when you come to the bananas, so there's hardy bananas, which is Musa Baju, which grows very well here. It can grow up to about mm, 10 to 12 feet here in Pittsburgh. How long it, have you been growing those hardy bananas? A while, right? I've been growing them for probably 18 years, 18 to 20 yeah, years. cool. And yeah, what do we do? What do we do? We've got a big giant plant out there right now. What's what's next? Okay, so if it's Musa Baju, let it get frosted, and then depending on how thick the stalk is or the trunk, yeah, uh, you either use a handsaw. We used to use chainsaws because ours got so big, and we always left um, about a twelve to eighteen inch stalk standing. And then what happens is in the spring, uh, you're going to have what we call pups come up around it. So it's not going to come from that main stalk, but rather around it. And so you can dig them up, share them, move them around, whatever you want to do with them. The one caveat with bananas is you want to make sure they're mulched uh, with um, bark mulch. You don't want to use, like, compost on them. When you're growing them, however, about, they like a about, rich, well-drained soil. What about straw? Yes or no? And straw's going to blow away. All right. Yeah, so that's so why. Good. How thick should the bark mulch be for something like a hardy banana? You know what? I would say probably three inches would be good. So you want to kind of give it a you know something, a nice blanket of it is the best way to put it. And I. This is only my second year for growing them. They're bigger this year, 
yes. last year. Is that how it goes as they get mature? Yes. Get bigger and bigger? Okay. Yeah, they will get bigger and bigger. And I will tell you that a lot of people think they've died, but they really need hot weather to start popping. So they're going to be later in, in yeah, the Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I, I found out too. Yeah. All right. All right, Mrs. Know It All. Great, great information as always. Appreciate it. We will talk to you next week. And lots of stuff there at the the website, dougoster.com. You can enter to win three big, nice amaryllis bulbs, courtesy of flowerbulbs.com. And there's information there from flowerbulbs.com on how to grow an amaryllis. You just go to dougoster.com, and you'll see there's a link there. You'll click on it and just put the word amaryllis in there. I will pick the winner after the show today. I hope you had a great season. We are at the end of our tender season. But as I said, keep gardening. You know, until the ground freezes, you can still plant shrubs, trees, certainly bulbs. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, good stuff. Have a great day. Listen, stay with us because after the news at 8, Campbell's Soup Recipes on the Coons Cooking Iron with the chilly weather outside. A nice bowl of Campbell's Soup would go a long way, wouldn't it? A little comfort food from your Pratt Pack and, of course, the folks at Coons Market. Boris Shiloff coming up next with that news. News Radio, KDKA. Good morning. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.